Hey, 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 teacher friend, welcome back. This is going to be a very special episode to all of my teacher friends. You are caregivers. You are in a profession that just exhibits the highest labor of love, and you need to be loved on as well. Today, I'm going to talk about teacher burnout, the signs and immediate ways that you can turn burnout around. The statistics of teacher turnover is alarming. And just like the profession of nursing, we are constantly giving back. And it's a beautiful thing to be able to do this. However, we need to be filled back up as well. So today, I'm going to be nourishing you with eight matches that we're going to strike and light up so that your teacher flame, your teacher light can keep shining bright. Let's do this! Welcome, teacher, to the Let Your Light Shine podcast. If you're searching for the freedom and permission to design the life you love as a teacher, you're in the right place. I'm on a mission to help teachers just like you build their own dream school or homeschooling business. In this present day, the world needs you, teacher friend, to step out in faith and give students an education they love and so deserve. In this podcast, I will teach you how to start a fulfilling and profitable homeschooling business that lights you up. I'm Mackenzie Oliver, former elementary teacher and instructional coach, gone homeschool teacher and business builder. I'm here to empower you to step outside the classroom and choose the experiences, the curriculum, and all the moments that put a smile on your face and your students. Does it seem like a dream? Well, it did to me until God opened the doors and made it reality. Together, we are breaking through fears and moving the crowd. So get out your notebook, sharpen your pencil. It's time to get your teach on. Hello and welcome back. This episode is coming to you in September. After really the first month of schools being opened throughout the country, throughout really all over every single nation, and teachers always begin feeling, you know, after the first couple of weeks of school and you're starting to settle down, you start feeling like you're getting into the routine of things and you have to be very careful that you're monitoring your energy, that you're monitoring your mindset. And I can promise you this, that if I had not been implementing these eight practices that I'm going to speak with you on today, I wouldn't be able to deliver this podcast to you. In all my years in the past, I always felt as if when Labor Day rolled around, it was a true moment of needing to rest from my labor, right? I'm sure that you are feeling the same way, especially as schools are opening right now. This is in a season of many COVID cases rising back up. I know from many of my teacher friends, many of their classrooms have been described as looking like Swiss cheese and many quarantines and trying to figure out how to roll through another year with the pandemic spreading throughout every single country. And so 
even prior to this, teachers have always felt a little bit of a tug on their emotions during this time of the year. And actually, we can feel this tug on our emotions during any time of the year, no matter what season, no matter what time of the school year, depending on your own family life, your personal life, depending on what's going on at school, we have to be very careful to monitor where our heart is and where our mind is. So we're going to start off with three words, stop, drop, and rest. Now the eight practices that I'm going to be sharing with you today go far beyond just getting more sleep. As a matter of fact, I encourage you to grab a notebook, a piece of paper, a pen. I'm even actually going to have you write something down and hang it up. Mm-hmm. Yes, I am. You don't have to write down everything that I say. You don't even have to write down these eight practices, but there is something special that I do want you to write down. So hang on tight to later on in the episode. Let's start with number one. So if you do have a pencil, a paper, whatever it is, a notebook, if you're driving, please just listen and try to remember some of these key practices because I really am being intentional when I share these with you. These are absolutely what I have been employing in the past week so that I do not face the dreaded teacher burnout. These are not just random things that I pulled off the internet. These are tried and true, Mackenzie Oliver, making sure that I stay filled up and that my candle is still burning. Speaking of candles, one thing that I absolutely love about homeschooling is that I can light a candle in my homeschooling business. I love them. I burn them all the time. And I want you right now to imagine, I was thinking of this today as I lit my candle. You know how you've been burning a candle and it gets super hot. And as a matter of fact, after it's been burning for a long time, you go touch the jar and it's at such a high temperature. Have you ever thought, oh my goodness, I'm just going to blow this out because I don't want the glass to break. Well, I do that. I'll go over and I'll touch it. I'm like, gosh, this is getting hot. And I just blow it out. And then after you blow it out, you can still see that melted wax, right? And that wick is still very hot. And you know that if you're going to light it again, you need to make sure that that melted wax has solidified. Same thing with you. You are the candle with your wick lit up, trying to shine so bright and give off the best results, right? To your students, to your family. And sometimes you just need someone to come and just, you just need it to be blown out and you just need to rest and get solidified again. So let's talk about number one. My very first practice is to be still. And I'm not just saying rest. I'm talking about being still, not your body in motion, not your brain in motion. Think about emotions. Emotions have the word motion in it. I want you to think about stilling your body, stopping the to-dos, stopping the assessments, stopping the lesson plans, the hustle bustle. You need to position yourself in a seated position, whether it's in your home, in your classroom, in the teacher's lounge. You don't have to be the sage on stage at all times. I used to think this. And as a matter of fact, 
Have you ever felt so fearful that your principal was going to walk in and he was going to see you sitting down? That was like a big no-no that I had learned way on in my profession. I was scared to death to be sitting down unless I was running a small group. I can still hear, it's up to you. It's your responsibility. You're the one who's accountable. No, the pressure, the pressure creates an explosion. It's not about you sitting down. It's about you coming to a position of just being still while the students are still engaged. So if you're saying, well, I can't sit down because, you know, I've actually been told that I can't sit down while our students, yes, you can. You can have a moment where you're sitting while your students are still engaged and still happy, not just doing a test, not doing a worksheet. Let me give you some examples. I allow my students to play games. I allow them to have collaboration moments. I dim the lights. They read. I turn on soft music. If it's math time, instead of me being up there presenting and giving all the information, I just give them math manipulatives and I give them about 15 minutes to explore and create and come up with ideas. They don't have to have me hovering over their shoulder every single second. They don't need that from you as well. Sometimes I'll have my students just journal write. What's wrong with students being able to decompress and just draw and color for a little bit? Have little collaboration stations. Hey, I want you guys to go over here. I'm going to let you guys play a little board game. I'm going to have you guys create a picture or illustrate something from your book that you've been reading about. I'm going to let you guys do independent reading time. I'm going to let you guys do journal writing and share with one another. Can we employ these little siestas throughout the day, not just for ourselves, but for our students? I do that in my homeschooling business often. I typically do this on Fridays for about 45 minutes, and it just gives me time to just sit and watch, and I love listening to them, and they're so happy, and they're so fulfilled, and they're probably, to be honest with you, learning more than me being up on the stage trying to push content through their little brains all the time. Like, give it a rest. It's okay. And you just still your body. If this is at school, that was an example. But if it's at home, go sit somewhere. Typically, when your body's in motion, you cannot find the time or the mental capacity, the bandwidth to be creative or to even problem solve. The second practice is to change your scenery, change your routine, go outside. Every Friday, we go straight to the park once everybody arrives and puts away all of their materials. I say, hop in the van, we're going to the park. And I allow them to play at the park for about 20 to 30 minutes. They're in nature, they feel fresh, I feel fresh, we're laughing, we're just enjoying each other's company, there's no pressure. We go back and it is absolutely evident that it works. They are engaged, they are refueled, they are attentive, and they start their work. A lot of times we feel as if, if we start employing these, you know, gaps in our routine, or if we go outside, it's going to be so hard to get them settled back down. And I truly have found that to be the opposite. The more time you give children to decompress and to play, the greater the advantage you have of making an impact on them. So what can you do first off in the morning when you arrive to school, if you're feeling as if, oh my goodness, 
my candle. I, it's not lit. I can't do this. I don't know where I'm going to find the energy to go through this day. It's been a hard week. I tell you, start your day outside. Take those children outside. You get a fresh breath of air. Talk to them about their day. Talk to them about their weekend. You deserve that and they deserve that. Personally, I will hear some people say, I'm going to go to the beach this weekend. I just need to get away. For me, that's a little bit more difficult because I feel as if getaways are a little bit more troublesome for me because I lose routine. I've got to pack. I've got to prep. Maybe you don't live close to the beach. Some people will say that they're going to go away to the cabin or they're going to go somewhere for the weekend. Whatever it may be, if that works for you, you go for it. But if you're like me and getaways are not always up your alley or maybe financially, that's not something that you can take on in the moment. You know what I do? I go park my van somewhere. I just had this conversation with my sister yesterday. She said, what are you doing? I said, I went and I parked my van in a new neighborhood. And she's like, what? And I said, yeah, I parked my van in a cul-de-sac. I went on a little walk. There's a neighborhood that has these little trails all throughout. And I just enjoyed myself. I got a different change of scenery. I went on a walk. I went outside and it refueled me. Same thing for our students, allowing them that same opportunity. Now I will say on a side note, my husband, let's talk about change of scenery. My husband surprised me Friday night after just kind of a hard day, not necessarily at school, but right after school, my husband's truck broke down. And so we had to figure all that out. I didn't have any plans for dinner. And so my husband says, Hey, I got an idea. Let's get some food for the kids. And Jalen, she's old enough to babysit. He's like, and let's go to a new restaurant. And I'm, you guys, at this point, I'm not feeling it. I'm exhausted and I don't want to get dressed up. As a matter of fact, I did not get dressed up. I was in wearing flip-flops and yoga pants and this cute little t-shirt, but not really cute. I don't know what you want to describe it as. And he takes me to a new restaurant and it was a jazz restaurant, which needed a dress code. And we did, were not, we totally would have got dress coded because we were not fancy enough to go there. And as we were walking in, I thought, oh my goodness, I'm so not ready for this. This is not typical of my husband and I to go to a place like this. I'm really, really tired. I just want to put on my pajamas and go to bed, but I'm going to be the good wife and I'm going to be happy. And I'm just going to be like, you know what, honey, you're so sweet for taking me here. And we stayed there and we had a nice dinner. We were there for about an hour and a half and listened to some music, came back home, went to bed a little bit later than what I had hoped to have gone to bed, like 9 30, 10 o'clock, but that's late whenever you're super exhausted, right? I woke up the next day feeling a little bit more revived, to be honest with you. My point in sharing this story is that a lot of times whenever we're burnt out or we're exhausted, we don't want to go do something that requires a lot of energy. But if someone is going to bless you with an opportunity to go somewhere, to just get a change of scenery, even when you're feeling tired, go and enjoy yourself. Even if it just takes an hour and a half to two hours, it feels like it's difficult at the time, but the investment is so worth the return. Field trips are great. Join classes with another teacher. Go to recess sooner. I just want to share with you that You need to be making sure that you not only change scenery and change up your routine in your own personal life, but in your classroom as well. And not just for yourself, but for your students. They feel it. They deserve it. They're little humans too, and they benefit just as much as you do. So number three, this actually comes from a book that I read over the summertime, and it's all about delegation. And the book is titled, 
who, not how. And I actually picked it up at the library on accident, but man, was this an incredible resource. And this is where you're going to actually take out an index card or a sticky note, and you're going to write really big on it, who, W-H-O, not how. Who, not how. Who can you think of that can give the spelling test? Who can you think of that can get the vocabulary test? Who can you think of that can unload the dishwasher? Why do we think that we have to do it all? Who can you ask to come over so that your kids can have a play date and you can get just a little bit of a time away to decompress? Who can you ask in your family to come over, take your kids to go get ice cream, or just let them go over there to play for a little bit? Who can you think of that you can ask, hey, do you mind coming and covering my class? I need to run and go do X, Y, Z. Hey, do you think that you could pull so-and-so? I would love for him to find someone who he can read with. He's been gone for a couple days. Right now, I know that there are teachers who are seriously struggling with trying to get their students caught up because they have been quarantined. They've been out of school. They have missed so many days. The teacher's trying to keep up with the rest of the class, but yet they're having to stop and they're having to accommodate the students who have not been there. Please start asking for help. Take this short phrase, who, not how, put it up at your desk, put it up on your whiteboard, put it up on your mirror, in your bathroom, put it up somewhere in your kitchen. I don't care if you have to make 10 of them. Put it on your dashboard. Even after reading the book, even after learning so many strategies from the book, who, not how, I still need to be reminded that I don't have to do it on my own. So that's number three. Number one, we talked about being still, positioning yourself so that you can just take a little rest for a second while the kids are all engaged. Number two, change the scenery in your personal life, in your classroom. Number three, delegating with the strategy, who, not how. Number four, if you're starting to feel burnt out, if you're starting to feel overloaded, chances are you have been doing a lot of output and not receiving a lot of input. It's time for you to start learning seriously. And you're thinking, I'm so burnt out. I don't want to pick up a book. I don't want to learn anything new. No, 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 no. Let me tell you something. This just happened to me. I took the students to the library. I was not planning on getting a book for myself. It's a little tired. I don't have time to employ another book. I'm not going to be able to read it, but There were some books that had caught my attention and it's always very advantageous to model good reading for your kids, for your students. So I see a couple books and then lo and behold, I walk out of the library with four books. I'm thinking, I have no idea when I'm going to read this. I don't even have the energy. I don't even have the mental capacity to take on anything new right now. However, Friday when my husband's truck was broken down and I had just gone to the library and I had this book, I opened it up. It was amazing, amazing. And it gave me so much more reassurance. It gave me so much more insight. The book is actually called, I'll link it in the show notes. I'm obviously not finished with it, but it's called Stop Living on Autopilot. And I feel like I'm a pretty intentional person. And for some reason, I just picked up this book and I'm like, you know what? I am loving it. I love nonfiction books. I'm always trying to learn, trying to get better. But it was called Stop Living Your Life on Autopilot. And 
it just invigorated me. It really did because, you know, sometimes we can live our life on autopilot, doing the dishes, doing the laundry. And I'm like, I just want to be more intentional about my marriage, my children, my school, my everything. I'm a human. I don't have it all. I need to keep learning. I need to keep growing. And that way you don't feel as burnt out. It gives you something to look forward to. That's number four. Number five is rest. I know I need to do this. Start employing triggers for resting. When you feel burnt out and you need your flame to be lit again, listen, you need more sleep. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm your doctor and tell you all of the importance of getting seven to eight hours of sleep and making sure that it's uninterrupted and not having screen time before bed. I'm not here to do that. But what I am here to do is to remind you that going to bed early requires planning to go to bed early. So for an example, this is not typical of me because I typically take a shower at around 7.30, 8 o'clock every night, and then I'm getting into bed later. But I decided to take a shower at 5.30 and it felt really awkward. We hadn't even had dinner yet. And even my daughter, Juliana, was like, did you just take a shower? But let me tell you something. It triggered my body into knowing that, okay, it's time to rest. It's time to slow down. And I actually went to bed much earlier than I typically do. And I got really great sleep. So whatever trigger will help you to get more rest, whether it is taking a bubble bath, turning down the light sooner, taking a shower earlier than expected, turning on your diffusers. I love to put on essential oils, lighting a candle, whatever it is that can kind of get your brain and your senses to know that it's time to relax and get some rest. My sixth practice is a brain dump. This I'm going to have to go into more detail on a later episode, but when you're starting to feel burnt out, Typically, we don't even want to get out a piece of paper to write everything down that we have to do because we feel overloaded. But I'm here to tell you right now that after you've been still for a little bit, you've changed your scenery, you've quieted your mind, you've quieted your body, take out that piece of paper and just dump. I wrote down everything that I needed to do in my house, everything that I needed to do in my family, what I needed to do for school. And then guess what I did? I left it. I left it and I didn't pick it back up until two days later. Mm -hmm. But at least I had gotten it out of my head and onto paper. Now I know that if you're feeling burnt out, the last thing that you want to look at is a big long list of things that you still have to do. But trust me, trust me, trust me. Just because you put it down on paper doesn't mean that you have to do it right then and there. It is there to help you gain clarity over what needs to be accomplished. And when you have the energy and the mental capacity to take care of it, it's already there. And you'll come to find out after looking at that list, maybe a day or a couple hours, or maybe even two days later, that some of those items aren't that big of a priority. Some of those items are actually projects instead of just a little to-do. Some of those items that you put on there may only take 10 to 30 seconds. Therefore, when you do the brain dump, dump it out, put it to the side, and come back to it when you can face it. Number seven, this actually brings me to my next point. After you do that brain dump and you've been rested and you're finally getting some more energy, finish something. 
Finish one little thing off of that to-do list. You know what mine was? I had written down that I needed to text someone. Two days later, I finally felt as if I had the energy to text this person. And guess what? 10 seconds. She wrote back and it was a fruitful conversation through text messaging. My problem had been solved. The issue was crossed off my list and bada bing, bada boom. I felt like I had accomplished something and that led me to regain the energy and the momentum to continue finishing other little things off of my list. And number eight, the last thing that I hope you'll take into consideration is spending time with people who make you better. Alone time is great, but too much alone time leads to isolation. Be around people that are positive, that aren't dramatic, that they're an ally for you, for your family. And I can tell you right now, on a Saturday morning, as I spend time with our Heavenly Father, the peace transcends with such great force that I feel as if I can get a little pep to my step. So maybe make a list. I actually did. I made a list of five people and I encourage you to do the same thing. Make a list of five people and put it next to your who not how list, wherever you hang it up and call on these people. When you're feeling like you need an ear, when you're feeling like you need a little pep talk, Mine is first, our Heavenly Father. The second one is my husband. The third one is my sister and my sister-in-law, my family members, my mom, my dad, and my neighbors. I have really great neighbors that I can just go to, and we don't even talk about heavy things. We just talk about fun little things. It's just nice to walk outside, see your neighbor. Hey, how's it going? I have great neighbors down the street from me. If I ever just need to regain my composure, if I ever just need to release or just say hello to someone. My neighbors down the street, I have a phenomenal teacher friend that lives down the street and I just love reconnecting with her. And so I really encourage you, pick up the phone, call someone, let them pour into you. And just remember, just like whenever that candle is burnt out and you've blown out the flame and all of that wax has been melted, it takes a while. It's a process for that wax to become solid again. So don't expect that you're just going to go from burnout to all out in three hours. There's a process. Give yourself some time. Give yourself a couple days. And just to recap, let's go through this again. You're going to be still, physically sit your body in a position, and just watch what's going on around you. Take a small little physical break. The second one, change your scenery, change your routine, go outside, do more things in your classroom that just allow you to be outside in nature or allow your students to get a different routine to feel more energized. Number three, hang this one up. Who not how? Who can you have to help you with this long list of to-dos or with whatever it is that's frustrating you? Number four, Find something to learn, not binging out on Netflix, not consuming social media. What can you actually put into your brain that allows you to feel rejuvenated or motivated learning? Number five, rest. Find triggers that allow you to rest, whether it's burning a candle, essential oils, taking a bath, taking a shower earlier to reset your mind. Number six, brain dump. Write it all out and then leave it and come back to it when you feel energized. Number seven, finish something off that list, whether it be small, whether it be large, 
Finish something so that it gives you the momentum to move forward. And number eight, spend time with people who make you better, who help fill up your cup. I hope that this nourishes you, refreshes you, and remember to give yourself grace and room to employ these practices so that you can enjoy this life that you've been blessed with and enjoy this career that you're so gifted in. Stay well, stay rested, and stay in it because you're so needed. I would love to hear what you do to help rejuvenate yourself. If you ever start to feel burnt out, please head on over to the Facebook group and let us know. Send us some pictures. What are you doing to keep yourself inspired or motivated or out of a rut? out of burnout. Please take the time to share with us. I know that you have some great ideas as well. We'll see you soon. Hey, hey, teacher friend. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. I pray it inspired you, touched you, or challenged you in some way because we are making big shifts and using our teaching gifts for God's glory like never before. I'm so grateful for you. The number one way you can support this show is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts And also, share this with another teacher. Come join me in the Virtual Teachers Lounge, known as the Teacher Let Your Light Shine Facebook group. Until next time, keep shining your teacher light. The world needs you.